You are listening to the Advisor Solutions Podcast, Episode 30. Welcome to the Advisor Solutions Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Finley, President of Advisor Solutions. Do you feel like your business is not as successful as you'd like it to be? I'm sure that some areas are successful, but not all areas, right? If so, know this. You are not alone. Most financial advisors, insurance agents, wholesalers, branch managers, and even agency managers have areas of their business that they need to be successful in. And they don't even know it. And the reason they don't know it is because they view success as something that's hit or miss. In other words, they may have come to the conclusion that some areas of the business, like getting past the fear of rejection, getting referrals, or closing every prospect that they meet with, are just things that they can never do. So, what do you do? Well, you have two choices. You can keep doing what you're doing and keep getting the level of success or lack of success that you've been getting, or you could learn from other advisors and agents by listening to Advisor Success Stories. And that's what we're going to talk about today, Advisor Success Stories Part 2. So, if you want to learn from other advisors and agents and how they've gotten success, then stick around. So why this topic? Why would you want to learn how other advisors and agents have had success? Well, I said it in the last podcast, and I'll say it again, because unless you learn from other people's failures as well as successes, then you'll be stuck in your own challenges, and you're never going to get out of them. And that's why I did the advisor success story part two, <laughs> because we had so many successes to talk about that you could learn from. And here's what we're going to do today. We're going to learn three things in this podcast. First, the seriousness of success, so that you understand what it takes to succeed. Second, advisor success stories, so you can learn from other advisors and agents' failures as well as successes. And third, the secret to working smart, <laughs> so that you can understand why working smart is so important and why working harder doesn't always work so well. Now, before we jump into these three things that you're going to learn in this podcast, I need to ask you a quick question. What would your business be like and your life be like, for that matter, if you knew exactly what to do to succeed? Would you apply what you learned? Would you take your business to the next level? If the answer is yes, then let's begin. The Seriousness of Success During a complimentary group coaching session with 60 financial advisors, I made a special announcement for a limited-time offer. We would offer a very low monthly payment plan option for an upcoming group coaching series that we were having. But we offered this to anybody with five years or less in the business. I did this to try to help those that didn't have the, the funds to get into coaching. The caveat to this deal was that we'd only take the first 10 people who emailed me with their interest. Within minutes, I had more than 10 people contact me. However, only one actually ended up signing up for the group coaching program. So my first thought was, well, maybe they didn't see the email that I sent with the registration. 
link to sign up. And after I called the entire list twice and speaking to a lot of those financial advisors, I realized that that the real reason that they weren't signing up wasn't that they weren't interested, but that they simply were not serious about their own success. And that was it. It had nothing to do with money. And I sat down and I thought about what are the characteristics of the successful financial advisors that I coach. And I came up with five. And here's what they are. Number one, they're serious about their commitment. Successful advisors know that making a commitment to their own success is not a gray area. Either you're committed to succeed or you're not. That's it. Number two, they're serious about their character. Successful advisors know that doing the right thing, regardless of earning commissions, is so important, and you have to stick to your integrity. And they say what they mean, and they mean what they say, so they stick to their word. Number three, they're serious about their consequences. Successful advisors know that they're responsible for their own success. It's not the firm. It's not their clients. It's not the market or the economy. And they realize that it's pointless to blame others. Successful advisors are serious about collaboration. And the reason is, is because they look for people to help them get to the next level. They utilize their firm's resources and expertise. And oftentimes they build teams. In fact, I've worked with so many teams where I've started out with a a junior advisor who turns into a senior advisor who hires junior advisors and so on. And number five, they're serious about control. You see, successful advisors know what is and is not in their control. They can control their attitude, their activities, their actions. They don't worry about things that they can't control, such as the market, the economy. So obviously, I'm not saying that you can't have fun in your business. You should have fun in your business. But to really take it to the next level, you need to be serious about your own success. Nobody else can or will do it for you. But don't take my word for it. Instead, let's hear from some advisors who have had success stories. And that's what we're going to do next. Advisor Success Stories In the previous podcast, Advisor Success Stories Part 1, I mentioned that these stories came from my first book, 101 Advisor Solutions. Financial Advisor's Guide to Strategies that Educate, Motivate, and Inspire. And that I wanted to tell you the story behind the story, jump into a few pages of the book, and explain why it was a success. Well, there were too many stories to get into one podcast, so I needed to do another podcast, part two. And I'm barely scratching the surface of success stories that my clients have had over the years. So, Let's jump into the first advisor success story. So this story is titled, We Have a Volunteer, a Tale of Prospecting Success. So in this story, it's all about not reinventing the wheel and how sometimes it just takes a volunteer to lead by example. And in this story... The volunteer was actually a rookie in a group coaching session full of rookies. Let's jump into the book. In my weekly group coaching sessions, 
we discuss content specific to eight main facets of the business. Each week, we focus on a specific facet or sub-facet of the business. And one example of this would be spending four weeks on prospecting and the subcategories, which were cold calling, networking, seminars, and referrals. Most group members tend to follow this format seamlessly, and it doesn't matter how many years of experience they've had. But occasionally, I have a group that's full of rookies. And one week, in a group full of rookies, we were talking about referrals. Now, during this specific session, I realized that maybe nobody on the call had ever asked for referrals. So I tested my theory. Who here has ever asked for referrals? I asked, hoping somebody would have a success story. Not me, one replied. Me neither, another one chimed in. I tried it once, but it didn't work, said a third. Everybody had an excuse for why they didn't ask for referrals. Everyone except one person. (laughs) As I began to close the session that day, I asked, who here is up for the referral challenge? Who wants to take the challenge of asking for three referrals a day by the time we meet for the next week? Sean Kay, that's not his real name, responded with this, is that all? And then the whole place erupted in laughter. And I said, we have a volunteer. And the group started laughing even harder. So the next week began. And during that session, when we were checking in, I asked him, all right, how did it go? He said that he had asked for three referrals a day and received eight referrals during the week. Now, I was pretty surprised, and I asked, Sean, how many referrals have you gotten in the last six months? And he quickly responded, eight. You mean you'd never gotten a referral before last week? I asked, no, but I ask all the time, and I never get them. As the conversation continued, I asked him why he thought he had been so successful that week. He paused and he said, I memorized your script. Sean, I didn't want you to memorize it. You were supposed to just use it as a template so you can create your own referral dialogue. I said, Sean paused for a second and said, well, I felt comfortable with the script that you shared with us. And so I prepared. I utilized the client-centered referral dialogue that you told me to do, and I memorized it. Why reinvent the wheel, he said. And here's what I noticed. I didn't know that I could do it and that I could do it so well until I memorized it. And then I did it the right way. And then I did it again, and it got easier and easier and easier. The others in the group were motivated to give it a try with the group support. Many found that once they felt confident in the value that they brought to their clients, that they could ask for referrals too. And it was just a natural part of the process. See, each week, the group members would check in with their weekly progress. And each week, someone had a referral success story. So the moral of this story is that sometimes it just takes a volunteer to lead others to success. So this story is titled, How's the Service in Here? It's a tale of client servicing success. And this is a story about one advisor's experience that she thought was an obstacle, which actually turned into an opportunity for her to take an honest look at her business. 
Now, this is a veteran advisor. And see if you can't relate to this. Let's jump into the book. How did the big appointment go? I asked at the beginning of our one-on-one coaching session with Samantha. That's not a real name. A veteran financial advisor with 25 years of experience. You wouldn't believe what happened to me at lunch, she said. I, I laughed and replied, try me. I think I've heard everything by now. In a previous session, we had spent our time together doing what I refer to as situational coaching. It's strategizing on a specific situation, and oftentimes we role play in order to increase the probability of success. And this was to be one of her biggest portfolios, one of her biggest clients if she got this person, a guy who had millions. She just wanted to close that sale. So what happened? Well, where do I begin? She said with an edgy tone. First, we arrived at the restaurant and they told us we didn't have a reservation. I paused and said, but I thought that was covered two weeks ago. We did, (laughs) she quickly replied. They said the former waitress didn't write it down. Anyway, (laughs) we waited for almost an hour to get the table. I knew this story wasn't going to get any better, but I looked for at least a silver lining when I said, How was the food? Oh, I'll tell you about that in a minute, she said matter-of-factly. Then we waited another 15 minutes to get water and another 10 minutes to have our waiter take our orders. Then what happened? I curiously asked. When we finally got our order, they brought our food and it was cold, and so I had them take it back. Okay, then what happened? Well, unfortunately, he forgot us. And when I inquired about the food, he ran into the kitchen and he came out with her lunch. And now it was burnt. She was a little angry at that point. <laughs> so the cook forgot your order, I said, hoping to lighten the mood. Yeah, the worst part about that was that this prospect was annoyed. And by then, he was late. He had to get back to the office, so I didn't want to push the recommendations on him too much, she admitted. So, did you not get the sale? I curiously asked. Nope, but I did get another lunch meeting. Next time, next time, we're going to go somewhere else, she added. Oh, and before we do, I'm going to ask someone, how's the service in here? After we discussed other coaching issues, I circled back to this conversation to find out what she had learned, if anything, from that appointment. Surprisingly, she did bring up a very good point, which was, although she had heard great reviews about the restaurant, she realized that her experience wasn't so great because of poor customer service. The hostess didn't write down the reservation, there was a long wait for the service, and finally the waiter, as well as the chef, forgot about the food. It all came down to poor service. So, how are the client servicing systems in your business? I curiously asked. I was wondering if she could see a correlation between what had happened to her and her business. Do some of your clients have to wait for you to contact them? There was a slight pause and a little giggle. I have no idea, she said. Stunned at her reply, I knew that this was a way to help her to understand her client servicing system better. And based on her reaction, I could tell that she knew it too. 
So what do you think you should do about it if you don't know? Well, it's probably time to find out how the service is in my business, too, she replied. This was the beginning of a process to determine what her current client servicing levels were, what she wanted them to be, and just exactly who was going to receive what level of service. We ended the coaching session with her giving me her specific action steps and what she was going to do with her book. So what was your takeaway from this session? I asked as we finished up. Wow, I went from being mad at the restaurant to realizing that my clients might be mad at me and feeling hopeful by getting to the heart of creating an exceptional client servicing system, she said. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to reporting back to you on my progress. And with that, the session was over. Two weeks later, we began our next session with a progress report. You're not going to believe this. After our session, I called the marketing department, and they told me that the compliance department had approved some kind of a, an advisory valuation form, and I could give it to my clients. So I started sending them out to a lot of clients, she said with a smile. I was only going to send it to the ones that I knew would give me a good response, but I thought, no, I should send it to everyone. So what happened, I asked. Well, we started to get a few back a couple of days later. Then more and more kept coming in. Anyway, there's a rating system uh, on the form. So how'd you do? I interjected. I'm actually surprised, but I, I received a great score, she proudly replied. But the best part is not how well I'm actually doing servicing my clients. Instead, the best part is that in the comments section, they told me what I need to do to service them even better, she stated cheerfully. Samantha went on to explain the specifics of what her clients wanted her to do, and we quickly mapped out a plan. Months later, during a one-on-one -on -one coaching session, Samantha announced, I'm having a client appreciation event tomorrow, and I can't wait to introduce a number of my long-term clients to each other. Sounds like a family reunion, or better yet, a party with friends, I mentioned. Yeah, it seems like it, she replied casually. And get this, we're having it at that restaurant that started it all. <laughs> she laughed. Did I mention that the owner is a client of mine? He really turned the place around. And it turns out he knows my biggest client, the guy who almost did not become a client because of the terrible lunch that we had at that restaurant. Well, I asked, when you see them both, be sure to ask them, how's the service in here? This story is titled, The Day the Light Bulb Went On. It's a tale of perspective success. This is a story about how preparing for the sale can change your perspective from selling being hard to selling being easy. And this is a rookie advisor that was going into his biggest meeting ever. Let's take a look in the book. I know that time management is important, but I don't have time to talk about it right now, said Kenyon, a rookie financial advisor, at the beginning of what was only our second one-on-one -on -one coaching session. 
I have a big appointment tomorrow, and it could mean 5,000 gross, so I need your help. Can you help me? He nervously added. Absolutely, I can help. Tell me the situation, I reassured him. Kenyon was a charismatic 30-something who had all the makings of being successful. He was smart, likable, fearless. The only problem was he was brand new in the industry, and unlike his previous occupation as a business owner, he really knew nothing about creating a financial services business. Okay, so this guy I cold called is a business owner, he went on to explain. I had met him about a week ago, and he was reluctant to give me all of his statements for a complete financial review. <laughs> Why was he reluctant? I asked. Well, he's not unhappy with his current advisor, Kenyon said, pausing to take a breath. And I think I can tell I'm a rookie, he revealed. Don't worry about that. We'll take care of it. I know exactly what to do, I confidently remarked. After Kenyon gave me the details, I proceeded to find out what his format was for the meeting. Apparently, he didn't have one. <laughs> and then I asked him if he mapped out how to handle the objections. He didn't do that either. Again, I knew this wasn't going in the right direction. Finally, I couldn't help but ask, do you know what you want to recommend to him? Yeah, I've been working on it all day, he proudly announced. I've been on the phone with the back office, and I think I have a really solid recommendation for this guy. It's going to help him. The sounds of paperwork were shuffling in the background, and I knew he was frantically looking for his recommendations. So I, I think I got that covered. His voice was still ringing with anxiety. Okay, one last thing before we begin. I paused, waiting for him to stop shuffling those papers. Have you ever closed anybody with this much in investable assets before? No, never, he nervously announced. And I got to close this guy. What do we do? By now, I knew that his anxiety could easily get the best of him, and he's going to blow this presentation. Regardless of how great his recommendations were, that guy was going to see that he was afraid. My concern was that he didn't need any help with the recommendations, but he needed help with getting confident to relax enough to give those recommendations convincingly because he believed in them. Okay, so the first order of business is the most important, I announced with a commanding voice to shock him into listening. Oh, uh, okay. What's that? He attentively replied. We're going to get rid of your anxiety. What? We're going to get rid of your anxiety. How are we going to do that? <laughs> We're going to focus on the format of your presentation. Okay, so you mentioned that you know exactly what you want to recommend. Good, you've got that. But what we're going to do now is we're going to work on how you're going to recommend it and the way you're going to give that recommendation, I added. So what would that do to my anxiety, he questioned. Well, because nobody ever regretted over-preparing for the sale, I quickly replied pausing to let those words sink in and hoping it distracted him from his anxiety I added one more thing you see in the next hour you're not only going to know how to do your presentation but you're going to be able to give those recommendations and get this you're going to do the entire presentation without notes no way he said in disbelief there's no way I can do that yes there is and once you do it 
and you start doing it, you're going to change your perspective on your own ability to confidently explain your recommendations, I replied. And that is how we're going to close the sale. I could tell he was curious, and that curiosity had set in. Okay, but I'm, I'm still not convinced, he said. Look at your left hand, I said to him. How many fingers do you see? What? How many fingers do you see? Five. Is that a trick question? No. <laughs> okay. By the time we're done, you'll be able to look at each of your fingers and know exactly what part of the presentation to talk about. I paused for him to digest those words. Got it? I could hear from his words that he was starting to get it when he said, Okay, if that's what you say. I coached him on this for an hour, and he got it. He was able to do the entire presentation just looking at his fingers, his fingers on his left hand. And at that point, I knew he was ready for the meeting. The next day, I was in between appointments, and my phone rang. Dan, I gotta tell you what happened. Kenya nearly shouted into my cell phone as I was driving back to the office. How did it go? I could tell from the tone of his voice that he either closed the sale or he was very close to closing the sale. Well, the waitress took our order, and then we made small talk, just like you and I mapped out yesterday. Okay, then what? And then the food came. Okay, about halfway through the meal, he asked me what I have for him. Okay, then what? Instead of getting nervous, I, I looked at my left hand and I started explaining what we had talked about he said with excitement. And then I, I did the entire presentation without a problem. He let out a laugh and then finished. <laughs> this guy didn't even have an objection. So how did you finish the meeting? I asked, hoping that he didn't say, I needed to think about it, was the ending to the story. <laughs> I spoke to my prospect for 15 minutes, asked for the order, made 5,000 gross commission, and ate a burrito. That's how it went. Great, good job, I said. Well, but the only problem now, he paused. I, I kind of feel guilty. Wait, what? You feel guilty? Why do you feel guilty? Well, because it was too easy, he replied. Well, we're going to work on that in our next session, I remarked. <laughs> but good job. And with that, he was off the call. And that was the day the light bulb went on, for both Kenyon and I. For him, his perception changed from having a daunting task of trying to close the sale to feeling like it's too easy. And for me, my perception changed from one of doubting my ability as a coach to now the fact that it's possible to take a brand new rookie in a second session and transform him in one hour to somebody who can close easily. You see, at the time, I was, I was kind of a rookie myself. I was newer in the business of coaching. And now, I believe I can help anybody, anywhere, anytime. And get this, his advisor's success story doesn't end there. In fact, he beat his gross, his daily gross record, gross commission record, about a year later when he had a $17,000 day. And I was in a session with him just a few days earlier coaching him through that as well. Thank you.
the secret to working smart. So at the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that we're going to cover three things. First, the seriousness of success so that you can understand what it takes to succeed. Check. We did that. Second, advisor success stories so that you could learn from other advisors and agents' failures as well as successes. Check. We did that too. Now what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the secret to working smart so that you can understand why working harder doesn't always work well. Let me explain what I mean. Years ago, I was speaking at a regional sales conference for a large insurance company. It was in Philadelphia. The place is packed. And I'm explaining this whole concept of working smart. And I said, you need to work smarter, not just harder. And a woman in the middle of the the entire room yelled. She just shouted out, what's that supposed to mean? (laughs) And I stopped my presentation and I said, what's what supposed to mean? And she said, everybody talks about working smart. What's that supposed to mean? And I said, well, I can't speak for everyone, but I can speak for myself. And what it means to me is SMART is an acronym. And the acronym goes like this. Systematically managing activities requires training. She paused. And I said, let me explain what I mean. And the whole room is looking. And I said, look, everything you do is an activity. Whether it's good or bad, I don't know. But you do. You know because it's either successful or it's not successful. So think of it this way. In order for it to be successful, you probably need to systematically manage your activities so that you're doing it over and over and over again, and you need to manage those activities, and guess what? That requires training. In fact, I think we've all heard, and the whole room is looking at me, I think we've all heard the saying, practice makes perfect. Well, I'm here to tell you it's wrong. Practice does not make perfect because if you practice the wrong way, you're going to get the wrong results. So, practice makes permanent. So, when you go back to that acronym SMART, S-M-A-R-T, systematically managing activities requires training. You could have heard a pin drop in that room. And then she said, that's the best answer I've ever heard when Somebody's talking about working smart. Thank you. And with that, I went on with my presentation. The point of all that is, is that if you've got some challenges in your business and you keep doing the same activities, you're going to continue having the same challenges. So what you need is somebody who does this all the time. I coach five hours a day, every day. So if you want to create your own success story, the first step, is to give me a call and let's set up a time to talk about your challenges so we can create your own advisor success story. Well, thank you for listening to this Advisor Solutions Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please be sure to subscribe so you can listen each week. Also, check us out on the web at advisorsolutionsinc.com. And finally, if you like what you heard and you want to know more about the Advisor Solutions Group Coaching Program or the Advisor Solutions Individual Coaching Programs, please email me at dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. 
I would be happy to set up a free coaching session if that's what you'd like. Again, that's dan at advisorsolutionsinc.com. Please join us next week as we help advisors and agents build a better business, one solution at a time.